Some find purpose in it. Some find their identity all wrapped up in it. Some don't know what to do if they're not doing it. I'm not talking about the dishes. Talking about work. It's very interesting how the relationship that we human beings, especially in the 21st century, relate to this word and this thing called work. And especially for us as Protestants, we have what? The Protestant right, which means, in my mind, for Protestants, if you're not working, you're doing something wrong. I mean, I I really think that sometimes that's what we think of the Protestant work ethic, that that if you're not doing something productive, there must be something wrong. You you, You must feel guilty about that. And I'll say, I come by that, I think, pretty honestly, because I grew up on a farm. And, you know, if if there wasn't work being done, there was always work to be done, and my dad always had a rolling to-do list because nothing ever stayed done. The fence didn't stay fixed. The cows didn't stay fed. The cows, you know, were producing, we had a a dairy farm, the cows were producing milk, so they needed to be milked twice a day. There was always something to be done, and so it took me, you know, three decades since I left home to realize the reason that I feel guilty every time I'm not working is because we were always working. In those formative years of my life, if we weren't working, we were rarely well, we were usually sleeping or napping or eating. And so the work got wrapped up in my identity and, and in what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I'm sure that hasn't happened for any of you. Some people retire and they don't know what to do. Their work, we talk about men this way, but I... I think that it happens for all of the sexes, that our work can consume us. It can become who we are. And if we're not succeeding at work, if we're not progressing at work, if we don't have some work, some job, some moniker to lay on ourselves, we're not really sure what to do. We're not really sure who we are. I can't be just an at-home mom or at-home dad. That's not enough. I need to have work. Because that's where I find meaning and purpose. Again, these things aren't bad things, but I bring them to our attention because it's easy for this to get into our minds and become something that drives us not toward God, but away from God. Not toward self-compassion or love for ourselves or love for our neighbors, but away from that. Because we get so consumed that we forget the commands of God. I mean, we've completely forgotten this one. Six days you shall work, and on the seventh, on one day, it shall be a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
you shall do no work. Not you, not your slaves, not your servants, not your animals. This was a radical kind of idea in the ancient world. Because for most people, for the ancients, every day was just seemed like one after the other. It was sort of the same thing. For us, we would call that pandemic time. Right? When things really shut down and most people were, were at home or couldn't go to their regular whatever it was, school, work, you know, wherever they were going and were at home, every day felt very much the same. It felt like, as we say around here, Groundhog Day over and over and over. Well, this was the ancient world. And every day you got up and you worked. And then the Hebrews come to understand God the one whom we call God the Father, the Creator, saying, well, when I did my work, and that's what it says, God completed God's work, the thing that God was supposed to be doing in creating this universe, God rested. Which seems odd. But what that did in that time was it gave a rhythm to the days. Because before that, the days didn't really have a rhythm. They were just work, 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 work. And they might have festivals. They might have, you know, weeks set aside for certain things. And, and, and so those might come along, the, the, you know, moon and stars and, and all that kind of thing. But the weekly thing was not necessarily part and parcel of what people in the ancient times did. Especially if you were a servant or a slave. And so God says, you can work on six days, that's enough. And on the seventh day, have a Sabbath. Why? Because it shows our trust in God. God will provide for that seventh day. God will provide for that seventh day. To believe and to trust in God means that we find ourselves, our identity, our purpose, our meaning, not primarily in our daily work, but in the one who created the world and gave us work to do. And that's a different orientation. And so we get into this conundrum because especially now, like, what's, what's the other thing? You're not only supposed to have your job, you're supposed to have your side hustle, right? I mean, if you're a parent who stays at home to take care of children, take care of the household, you're not only supposed to be doing that, which is a full-time job in and of itself, you're supposed to be, you know, selling jewelry on the side or makeup or Amway or some other thing to, you know, because you can't just do this one thing. And even if that's your hobby, you're supposed to make that into a money-making endeavor. Because otherwise, clearly, you're not fulfilled and you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. We have words like the grind and the hustle. Two of my least favorite words in our modern vocabulary. I always say, if you want to know what the grind is, if you want to know what the hustle is, 40 years on a dairy farm where the cows need to be milked at 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. 
365 days a year. And guess what? If you bring somebody else in to milk them, they won't give the milk they're supposed to give and they'll get sick. So you can't really go anywhere. So if you want to talk about the grind and the hustle, go talk to a farmer. But I'm a little biased that way. Two of my least favorite words, because I think what it says is that we're supposed to never, ever, ever let up. We're never supposed to trust that what we have and who we are is enough. And I blame some of our Protestant forefathers. Yes, mostly fathers. I mean, one of the things the Protestants did is they had this argument with, you know, they were all Catholic, Roman Catholic to begin with. They had this argument with the church, the Roman Catholic church, about works. Because the Roman Catholics said, oh, by your works you can be saved, basically. And you can buy your works and you can buy your salvation. And so Martin Luther and John Calvin and the, the, the Protestant reformers were like, no, that's not right. That's not biblical. By grace we're saved. You don't buy your works. It's not by works. It's not, it's not by doing things that God loves you, that God cares for you. This isn't a quid pro quo arrangement. And at the same time, an interesting thing that they did, John Calvin and, and Martin Luther, was they, they made daily work and life a, an opportunity to be holy, to honor God. Martin Luther, I think, was basically said, if you're going to sweep, sweep to the glory of God. They even went so far as to say, if you're going to be a soldier, be a soldier to the glory of God. Well, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? What does that mean? And so they brought this holiness and this, this loveliness to work. And of course, we human beings made that, I think, into the Protestant work ethic. Well, if this is for the glory of God, then I, I've, got to, I've got to do it really, really well. And I've got to be doing it all the time because this is God's work. And I mean... Can, we, can you hear ourselves just perseverating on this and making it into something that it's not? A gift of grace that we turn into a gift of work and of shame and of worrying about whether we've ever done enough for God? Six days you shall work and on the Sabbath day you shall rest. We tried to enforce this, right, with blue laws. We tried to... We tried to shut down businesses and keep everybody from drinking on the Sabbath and, you know, all these sorts of things on Sundays. And, you know, it, it worked and didn't work so well. People did what they, what they wanted to do. And so I don't know that legislation, legislating that is, is the way or that Sunday is your Sabbath day necessarily in today's world. But, but where is it, where is it that you have a wrong relationship with work? Where is it that something else gets in the way of your relationship with God and becomes the all-consuming thing in your life? That it takes over so much of your life that you forget and don't take the ability to rest in God. To trust that God provides. It's not easy. Because the message is, 
in the air, in our world, and social media are all about the grind and the hustle and finding that next big thing and, and then and getting wealthy so that then you can go do the thing that you want to do. Then you can rest. Well, we never know what the day may bring. And so why wouldn't we seek to trust in God in a way that we can find a rhythm of work and rest that feeds our very souls and also causes us to love ourselves and to love our neighbor and to love God in such a way that we don't get all tied up in our identity with work and drive ourselves farther and farther down into this twisted relationship with something that doesn't ultimately give us life. Jesus said this, do not work for the food that perishes, but work for the food that gives everlasting life. And what is this work? This work is to trust in Jesus. To trust that God provides. So on this Labor Day weekend, as we celebrate labor, as we think about what it means to be people who work with our hands and our arms and our minds and and the things that we can produce and all of those workers that should not be exploited for their labor. We should remember those who are today's servants and slaves who don't get rest, who are treated unfairly, who are treated poorly. That is what this weekend is about. And as we as Protestants think about our relationship with work, let it be something that glorifies God and leads us to more trust. And let us work for the food that doesn't perish. May this conundrum get resolved in Christ. Amen.